Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I even think of that. Oh, that's... It's not hilarious, but it is hilarious. But it's also just whatever. But welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour Podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. As most of you are aware that are listening, the NFL schedule was released yesterday. And we plan on kind of dissecting it a little bit and giving our favorite matchups, what we kind of expect, what we're looking at, um, you know, just kind of what our overall thoughts of the entire thing, kind of the, the games we're excited about, the bye weeks are, are definitely strange. Um, the Thanksgiving slate, the, the, you know, the Christmas Day slate, there's a lot of different things that kind of stand out, um, especially that opening night game, Bills at the Rams. That's, a, that's, a, that's going to be a good one right out the gate. But with that being said, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you, bud? Doing pretty good. Uh, it's been a it's been a crazy week, but uh, it's always exciting when the NFL schedule comes out. It makes you feel like you're one step closer to the season kicking off. Yeah. And uh, you know we have a million movies that came out this weekend. None of them uh, treasures so far, but a million of them came out. You watch your mouth. One of them is a treasure. But uh, with that being said. Oh, I said, forgot that one came out this week. I was thinking about like senior year and Sneakerella. Oh, God. Firestarter. I, did you watch Sneakerella? Or? I haven't yet, but I saw so many horrendous reviews. I thought that would be the equivalent of watching 17 Jaguars games on tape Probably for the true. Urban Meyer trial. <laughs> All right. So. With that being said, we do have a strong opening night uh, game of Bills at the Rams on that Thursday night game. Um, it's not, this is, I, I really hate to say, it's not an important game, but it also will set the tone for maybe some of these teams, especially when you're looking at a Buffalo team who's who's thirsting, I guess you could say, to really kind of get over that hump. Um, you know, they don't have a particularly easy schedule to start the year. They start at Los Angeles, then they're back at home for Tennessee, and then on the road at Miami and Baltimore, Indianapolis the week after, and then Kansas City before they go into the bye. So Buffalo does start off kind of hot, um, and the Rams are kind of in the middle. They're a little neutral. They got Buffalo at home, Atlanta at home, on the road for Arizona, on the road for San Francisco. They play Green Bay, Carolina, and then they have their bye. But like I said, I don't, I don't put too much weight into the opening game schedule, especially now that we have – 17 games that we're playing throughout the NFL season. And of course, a couple other key week one matchups um, that I could just come off the top of my head real quick while, and I'll let Fox kind of dive into week one and what he thoughts of the opening night game. But uh, a couple little key ones for me, uh, I, I think you look at uh, Kansas city and Arizona, that game should be definitely interesting. I like that Tampa at Dallas is a good one. Uh, I think that's an interesting game. Overall, overall are the Chargers versus Raiders. I do think that's probably the most important matchup of week one based on standings because you're coming out the gate week one with, with battling a division foe. So you want to get ahead as fast as humanly possible, for sure, especially with a team like the Chargers who do open up. Why does it say at Houston, Houston twice for 
The Chargers, I'm so confused by this schedule. Yeah, they shouldn't be at Houston. Let me look at there. Uh, I think they're only at Houston once. Yeah, they would they would be because of their hang on. I don't Yeah, they're on. at Houston on October 2nd. And then at the Browns on the 9th. Week five got the Browns. For some reason, the yeah. schedule I copied and pasted over here. It, it gave them Cleveland Look, the, back to, or Houston the back. The Texans back. are such an important team <laughs> that you didn't want them to be left off. Um, I, I didn't even make this list, but um, but I I do think that that game to me personally is probably one of the bigger matchups of week one um, because of it having divisional divisional consequences to it. A lot of these non divisional games, but probably the most intriguing game of the uh, of week 1 is the game that I know you'll talk about a little bit more in depth in your week 1 expectation and that's the Denver Broncos taking on the Seattle Seahawks. So what are your thoughts on week 1 that opening matchup and stuff like that my friend? Yeah, that first the the opening matchup I uh, I really like that uh Bills, Rams. I'm also a little bit bummed that it's, uh, you know, happening where it's happening because that would would be a potential, you know, Super Bowl preview. Uh, and so you get that kind of out of the gate. It's hard to to know where those uh, two teams are at. By the same token, we all look forward to that first NFL game. You've been, you know, the preseason starts. You're so thirsty for football. You're watching four quarters of the Hall of Fame game, even though you don't know who the hell these people are, which is going to be even more the case because I believe the Jaguars are in the Hall of Fame game this year, just to ruin all of our lives. Then you're watching all the preseason. There's a huge layoff now because of the way they structure the preseason. You get the last NFL game the Thursday before Labor Day, We uh, before the weekend before Labor Day. So you're going like week and a half two or you're going two full weeks actually with no football and then you finally get that first regular season game everybody's home everybody's hyped we've gotten great performances the last couple of weeks I think these are going to be two good teams probably a good battle but when you're going into that week one you know the NFL always wants to give you a few big marquee matchups you hit on a couple that you liked a couple more that uh, caught my eye you got the Steelers going in and battling the Bengals we don't know exactly what Pittsburgh's going to be like. Could be Mitch, could be small hands uh, going to be in there going up against the defending AFC champions. That's how we should be referring to the Bengals. I uh, got to put some respect out there on them. So that one's big to me. Uh, Kansas City, Arizona. I think that's going to be a fascinating one. Arizona is usually good the first part of the season. So I fully expect they could actually come out there and win. But Kansas City, we have a lot of questions about their passing game, the roles that some of these receivers are going to play. Tampa Bay, Dallas, that was the opening game last year, and that was fantastic. I'm kind of excited to see a replay of that. Both of those teams have uh, good offenses. I want to see what the Cowboys look like without Amari Cooper. I want to see. Uh, old man Tom Brady coming back, uh, putting his team together, possibly no Chris Godwin because of where he tore his ACL last year. Um, but you're definitely going to get some Russell Gage. And then Monday night football, you know, Russell Wilson was football in Seattle for so many years, gets traded this offseason. And wouldn't you know, very first game of the new season is right back in Seattle against Pete Carroll, against Drew Locke, against Noah Fant. In Seattle, I think that one's going to be a big one. I realized um, 
and this will make you laugh. I have a work conference that I'm going to that starts that Monday, September 12th, and we have a kickoff event at night on September 12th. And I just realized I will be at this kickoff dinner uh, because it's on the West Coast when the game starts. So I was like, yes, this is going to be great. I'm going to get all four. No, I'm not. That sounds like a whole lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's definitely there's some strong matchups you know that sunday night game bucks cowboys i'm really ready and kind of to, to, to dig into that it's crazy because you kind of get these first initial reactions of the schedule um some of the things that i like to take a peek out um when i'm looking at this is is i like to look at what we're talking about week you know 14 through 18 i guess you know what i mean even 15 through 18 with some of these playoff matchups or playoff teams potentially down the road right because when i look at it you take a team like we mentioned, Arizona, who normally typically starts strong, but kind of dials it back when the season goes on. If you look at their schedule down the stretch, week four, after that bye week, actually right before the bye week, they have the Chargers. But right after the bye week, they have the Patriots, they're at Denver, they have Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and then at San Francisco again. So their second half of that schedule is not as 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 good as it as it has ever been right you know what i mean it really really kind of highlights what is potentially uh continually of struggle with them and what did that what did they look like the first was i think six weeks of the season without their best weapon um how does that look like for their team i understand they traded it for marquise brown but i hate to tell you marquise brown is not deandre hopkins uh, by any stretch of the means i mean he's still a good receiver but hopkins is you're talking about one of the top you know premier receivers in this football league between you know probably top three at least, but um, some of the other things that kind of stand out down the stretch for me, some of the teams that I was looking at, Buffalo, they have quite an interesting stretch from week 14 to 18. They have the Jets, Miami, Chicago. They do play at Cincinnati, which is going to be a big game in week 17. That's one thing I did notice. I don't love, and I don't know about you, Fox, I didn't love the setup of the week 18 matchups. I don't yeah. feel like there's anything like Baltimore versus uh, the Ravens versus Bengals, Bills, Patriots, Chiefs, Raiders, Brown Steelers. Depending on where Watson is in the mix is depending on whether that Brown Steelers game really matters or not. I think for that Broncos team, Chargers, I think we'll have a playoff bearing. In the yeah, and, and Bron- yeah. And Broncos Chargers when the Chargers like two and 10 by then, you know what I mean? Whatever. I'm just I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But that's it's not as strong as I would hope. I would rather maybe see Green Bay play Minnesota. I probably would have seen Dallas and Philadelphia. I think that would have been a good week, uh, week 18 matchup that would have really mattered. Arizona, I would have loved to see Arizona, maybe the Rams there. I don't think the 49ers are going to be as good as they were last year. But if we're, we're from yeah, that was at- the fascinating. Uh, so the, you always have one divisional matchup they saved to the end. The Rams divisional matchup they saved is the Seahawks, which, you know, two years ago when Wilson was there. Great. But the Rams schedule, if you look at the Rams schedule, the first 10 weeks, they have an early buy. They play the 49ers twice, the Cardinals twice, the Bills, the Cowboys, and the Buccaneers. So almost all of their huge marquee ones are right up there. They have a Christmas day with Denver um, that figures to be. They got got down the stretch. They got the Raiders or not the Raiders. Sorry. Hang on. Rams. They have the Chargers. Uh, yeah, Raider, they have the Raiders, uh, Packers, Broncos, Chargers, and then at Seattle. But you're right, though. That week but those up- two big, uh, you know, all four of their divisional games with the Cardinals and the 49ers take place before Thanksgiving. 
um, which, is which was kind of interesting, really front loaded that part of the divisional battle. I feel like last year we saw a lot of these divisions kind of turn in the back half of the season because there yep. were so many marquee divisional games left to play. And for a lot of these big contenders, they pushed those divisional battles up in the schedule. Yeah, so like, and then I, like I said, I was looking at week uh, week 17 here, but I like some of the big time matchups that week, you know what I mean? Because really, if you look at it, um, the Buffalo at Cincinnati game, that's going to be, that has potential, you know, seeding implications to it. That one's definitely got uh, uh, got my eye there. I like the, uh, obviously the Dallas at Tennessee game could have some sort of implication. Um, I doubt it because Tennessee is going to suck. But Denver at Kansas City, uh, that's a huge matchup. Either way, whether that that could be playoff division seeding implications there, that's that's huge there. You know, that's a huge matchup. Not to say that Denver the Chargers the week after. Now, I will say the Denver schedule on the back half is not forgiving at all. That Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Kansas City Chargers. That's a that's a glutton for punishment, especially having to go on the road back to back weeks in in uh, you know go on the road back to back weeks towards the end of the season versus two very good teams. That's a little bit of a, a, a an interesting thing for them. Um, what else are we looking at? The Rams Chargers. I did. We have the Rams Chargers week seven. That's a massive game. That's a yeah. massive game. And that's going to play seeding factors for both teams, but it's also going to play, you know, record wise for them. And what did you, what did you think? So because of the way the timing falls and where Sundays are, all those week 17, um, you know, Bill's, uh, Bengals is the Monday night game, but almost all those week 17 games are New Year's Day, a time when usually, uh, I know you're a big college football person, you think about yeah. waking up, watching the Rose Parade and watching a few bowl games, that is a full NFL slate, that LA versus LA battle is New Year's night. Yep, it's going to be interesting to see if uh, if the college football, tra- they're going to have to, they're going to have to oh, move, they'll move off. Yeah. They're going to have to move off just based on that alone. They'll have to probably go. What is that? Is that a Sunday, but, right? Is new year's day yeah, is Sunday. So I think that's why the NFL, yeah. New year's day is a Sunday. The NFL doesn't um, usually down the stretch of the season, they do Saturday games and they do the Saturday prior, which is Christmas Eve. They have almost a full mm-hmm. slate on Christmas Eve and then a huge slate on Christmas day. They have nothing on New Year's Eve, and I think that's because typically the sem- national semifinals have been played on New Year's Eve. So it's it's probably they probably are working in tandem, but I wouldn't be surprised if we have zero bowl games actually on New Year's Day because if you're looking at 14 NFL games on that day, you're probably just not getting the audience share. I know if I'm ESPN, I'm like no. Not doing yeah, it. it wouldn't make any sense, especially whenever you look at those week 17 matchups, as I was mentioning, there are some pretty strong matchups there, yep. including, like you said, that Sunday night game being the Rams Chargers and then the and then the, the Monday night game Bills Bengals. Like, and that's I'm, where you get Minnesota Green Bay is in that week 17. It's, it's odd crazy. To me. They Did didn't you, just wait one week. You know, it's crazy to me. The Minnesota Green Bay game, they face each other. I think it's week um, week one. And yeah. they don't face each other again until week 17. That's It's a crazy stretch of 16 weeks of not having that divisional game against each other. Yeah, and that's one where you have your, your primary divisional rival. You're like once at the beginning and once at the end. But, you know, I talked about uh, the Rams are going to see the 49ers twice, and I believe it's their first six games. Denver sees the Chiefs twice in the last six games, twice in the last five games, actually, because it's Ravens, Chiefs, 
Cardinals, Rams, Chargers, Chief, or Chiefs, Chargers. And I'm like, so it's two times in four weeks. Exactly. And I will say this, down the stretch, there's one team that stood out to me the most that really kind of got the benefit of a good schedule, and that was the Dallas Cowboys. Um, they're eating pretty good down the stretch there. If you look right here from week 12, they have the Giants, Colts. I expect the Colts to be good this year. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a decent matchup. But even so, Giants, Colts, Texans, Jaguars, Philadelphia, I think that'll be a good matchup. But Tennessee and Washington is their final stretch. Their schedule as a collective whole isn't really all that hard either because their non-divisional games are against the NFC North, which Minnesota, whatever. I have I don't know how I feel about Minnesota yet. I still really haven't looked into the, what they've done this offseason, but I don't I the thing about it is at the end of the day, whoever wins this East could really go nine, ten, and seven, nine and eight, whatever, you know, and win that division. I really feel like that could happen. But looking at Dallas's schedule, I don't see how Dallas shouldn't really win 10 or 11 games. I really don't. I don't. I don't. It, and maybe with ease because of just how easy their schedule is. Sure, they open the season off with Tampa Bay and Cincinnati, two hard games out the gate. But after that, it's just it's kind of. I mean, in my opinion, it's kind of smooth sailing for a lot of the schedule. But um, I mean, when you have the Lions in Chicago, and then of course you're playing the AFC South, which has the Jaguars and Texans. And by week 17, I'm still not sold on the Tennessee Titans yet, man. I'm telling you, they, they, I understand you. everybody is banking on, on, on uh, Burks to, to kind of step in and be that guy. But, you know, he's got to have that rap report there. And I'm telling you right now, they have a stretch run here, too. Let me go over real quick before we go any further here. They have a, a stretch week of the Chiefs, the Broncos, the Packers, they have the Broncos and Packers within four or five days of each other, Sunday, Thursday game. Okay. So you have that. And then they have the Bengals again. Then they have the Eagles. We'll give them a break here. Jaguars on the 11th, but then we're back with the chargers. We got the, we got the Texans, which they do always have a problem with the Texans. It, it, it doesn't make any sense, but they do. And then of course you're back five days later after your Saturday game against the Texans to play the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday night. So their schedule down the stretch is not a cupcake. You know what I mean? You're going to have yeah. to start strong or otherwise this team is going to be, I'm looking at a seven and 10. I'm calling it right here today on the show. I've called it on Twitter. Seven and 10 is what the Titans will finish this year. And fans are going to be brutal. I picked them a little bit better than that, but I did not end up uh, in my first pass of estimating the regular season based on schedule i didn't have them in the playoffs i know people are trendy i think there's also a possibility based on some of the you know talk and body language we've seen that if things aren't going very well they quit on Tannehill or Tannehill quits on the team it just feels like it's setting up like that um i don't know I wouldn't be surprised if they finish in the nine or 10 win range, but I think the Colts end up eclipsing it. If the NFL season would have been three weeks longer last year, I still think the Colts could have gotten back. Uh, you know, they just put themselves Frank in such Wright a ran hole the ball early. in the important parts of the game. They would have you mean won if the they division. couldn't. Also, can we reflect on the, the humor of the Jaguars knocked the Colts out and cost Carson Wentz his job. And who does he have to see on opening day of the NFL season in his new town, the Jaguars. Yeah. So at least he's not in Jacksonville, but I guess, 
I don't know. They don't I do will great. not take. I will not take any slander towards Carson Wentz. I'm not saying that Carson Wentz is a great quarterback, but I'm saying he's serviceable. He's better than. He's a top 15 quarterback. I'm sorry, he is. I, let me. I I will say that loosely because I'd have to look at the entire scape of the NFL. I'm not putting rookies into this line. All right, you know what? We're well, even if this. you put even if you put rookies into it, I I can't put rookies into anything. The, the rookies aren't aren't. All right, so here we go. I'm going to do this while we're on there. Of course, he's not better than Josh Allen. Mac Jones. I would put him. I would put him better than Mac Jones. We've only seen one season out of Mac Jones. I'm not putting. In, I'm not putting any unproven quarterbacks that haven't done it for a long period of time. So that wipes out the entire AFC East. All right, Joe Burrow. He's not better than Joe Burrow, but that's just yeah. He's not better than Joe Burrow. All right, Pittsburgh. We throw him off the list. That's he's better than whatever they have there right there. Mitchell Trubisky. Okay, Browns. He's better than Baker Mayfield. He's not better than Deshaun Watson. So I'll give you two. We're at two now. Okay. Baltimore is not better than Lamar Jackson. No day, no chance, no how. He's he's not better than not Matt better Ryan. Than, no. He's better than Davis Mills. He's better than Trevor Lawrence right now. Okay, I'm not – I'll come back to Tannehill. I'm still debating that one in my head. All right, he's not better than Mahomes. He's not, not – well, he's actually not better than anybody in that division. So we're at nine. So we're at nine, okay? So we're at nine. All right, so he's better – he's not better than Dak. So we're at ten. All right, so ten – Hurts, that's a toss-up for me. I think it's a toss-up because we haven't seen fully developed. Well, I mean, I'm just going to say it. He's not better than Hurts. They threw him over. I also think he's not better than Tua. You wrote off the AFC East. I'll, you know, I'll give you if you don't want to do Wilson or Jones after one year. But oh, Tua no. sucks. That's beside the point. Um, all right. So we'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you one of those two. I'll give you Hurts. So that gives us 11. I'll give you Hurts over Tua. And you'll have to give me Dak because if you already say gave you Dak. I've already okay. got Dak, I've already given you Dak. He's better than Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones might be the worst well, quarterback in all of football. Yeah, I'll give you Dan. Jones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he's not better than Cousins or he's not better than Rogers. I'll give you both of those. Okay, I thought you were saying. I, no, I, he's not better. You I think Cousins. Cousins I think I'm Cousins. Like, I'm not. I, I think Cousins, Cousins gets way too much hate God. too, though. Okay. So yeah, I'm at 12. No, that's okay. I'm at 12. He's better than Jared Goff. Sorry. That's not he's Justin Fields. Actually, next. I, I'm going to say he's not better than Jared Goff. And Jared Goff has been to a, a Super Bowl. I'm not giving, I cannot give you Jared Goff. <laughs> Jared Goff beat him when he was at his height in the Eagles. I can't give you Jared Goff. I cannot. Well, I'll come back. Let's go back to Goff. Depending on what my number I ends mean, up with and whether or not I, think I give that you one's, Goff or not. That one's actually the most we'll give you a tie. worth arguing because weren't they one two in the draft? I still, That's who went directly in front of him. I but if you look at Wentz's stats, they're not bad. If you gave me the option of taking Wentz or Goff, I'd take Goff every time. Oh my God, you're insane! Um, we're gonna go I've back. I've seen to Goff them play. We're going to go back to golf in a minute. Okay, we're at twelve. Okay, we're at twelve. You're not getting Justin Fields from me because that's just not happening yet. He might be next year. He might be. Okay. Uh, obviously we're at 13 now because of Brady. Um, you're not, he's, he's better than Darnold. Okay. And whatever's going on in Atlanta. I'm sorry. I love Marcus Mariota, but he's better than Mariota because just whatever. Um, and then Winston, uh, I th- he's better. I, I, I think he, I would have I think, him over Winston. That's fine. Oh, yeah. Man. And then I would probably take him over. Okay. Murray's not. So we're at, we're at 13. Murray. Stafford, Murray and Stafford, that puts me at 14. 
Mm-hmm. I, I prefer Jimmy G over Carson Wentz. I do. So I, I'll, I'm going to give myself Jimmy. I love Jimmy G. And I think that he he's another quarter. It's like for me, Wentz, Cousins, and Jimmy G are the quarterbacks that get way too much hate that they don't deserve it. Yeah. I'm not saying they're great quarterbacks. I'm, and that's the thing. I'm not saying Wentz is a great quarterback. I'm just saying he gets far too much hate for a guy that does produce. I don't put all of everything on the guy. And I understand last year was, was, was not – he has fumbling problems and he has – he does – I just feel like he does it at the wrong time, right? Wentz plays bad at the wrong time, and I understand that's part of the issue. But we're talking about a guy that had 27 touchdowns and seven interceptions last year, 62% completion percentage. That's not terrible, guys. That's not terrible. That's a good season. I don't understand what we're talking about when it comes to stuff like that. This guy's is not terrible. I understand the year before, 16 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, but – He's had four seasons of 20-plus touchdowns and only seven interceptions. Why did I get on a Wentz tangent? But look, all right, so we might be right at the line of 15-16, okay? You might put him 16 because I'll give you golf even. He's still a top 50%. How about this? He's a top 50% starter in the NFL right now. I'll I'll put it to you a different way. I believe that Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions will win more games than Carson Wentz and the Washington Commanders in 2022. I don't disagree, but that's the thing. I'm not disagreeing. I don't disagree with that. I, I don't disagree with that because I think the Lions will probably be better than – I think they're going to win a couple more games than people mm-hmm. expect just because I think they're a gritty team. I'm not going to disagree with that. I won't disagree with you saying that. I do think that they have a ridiculous um, – I was looking at the wrong team here. I mean, if I'm they being do, honest, I would take – I for sure would take to a Mac Jones and Goff over him as well. I would take Mac Jones off over him as well, but I still think that it's way too early to say. Lawrence, Lawrence and Fields, I liked them pre-draft, but I'm 100% with you that – I mean, Lawrence did not have an impressive rookie I season, see. and maybe it was all Urban Meyer, but I don't know if it was all. I believe in the Jaguars this year. I'm going to look at their schedule. They're going to beat Washington. Um, they probably won't win another game until, like, week seven. Um, <laughs> week seven, they win a game. They're going to beat Denver. They're going to beat the Raiders. They're going to beat the Chiefs. They're going to beat Baltimore. I got the Jaguars 14-3 and three this year, baby. I'm kidding. All right, we're going to move I on had before 14. Matthew Fox. I had 14 in my record for them too, but just on a different column. <laughs> All right. So uh, another thing that I wanted to point, I got off the rails on Carson. I'm Wentz not sure they're episode. better than the Texans. I'm going to be honest. Davis Mills might be better than Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't believe time. in Doug Peterson either. I'm, we're not going down this down path. I mean, if, Davis Mills if, if you signed Zay Jones and you're telling me that he's God's gift to receiving, I, and Evan Ingram, I mean, they have like the enigmatic all-stars. I like Evan Ingram. I think he could be a good fantasy sleeper this year. Anyway, back <laughs> to the schedule. All right, so real quick, oh. real quick. The schedule, the one schedule that I thought was like really like, oh my God, was I like the Raiders this year, but their back half of their schedule is one of the brutus, brutal ones of all of football. And it kind of starts in week 10 because it goes Colts, Bronco, at Broncos, at no, Seahawks, whatever. But then it's Chargers, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, San Francisco, Kansas City. That is the hell of all hell for any team in this league, I think, because you're talking about a team again. I think this is there. We're in a place where all three of these, all four of these teams might make the playoffs. We really are. I really think that there's a possibility that happens. But if I'm looking at a team down the stretch that might struggle because of their schedule, that might be on the on the outs. It's going to be the Las Vegas Las Vegas Raiders, and that's because of that schedule. So, 
Yeah, the schedule um, does some no favors. They also have a horrific head coach. I don't dis- I, I disagree with that, but but also I, I also willing to give him another. I'm also Patriots him, I'm to uh, beat his ass and build a ghost to meth a handshake. I I'm looking at look. I I'm all about a guy getting a second chance, and I I'm I'm interested to see what what McDaniel's does. I'm glad they paid Carr. I'm glad they got Adams. It'll be interesting to see what he does there. I do think that it's a team that could play very well, but it's also a team that could be just run of the mill eight or I'm sorry. They're not, nobody's eight and eight anymore, nine and eight or seven and nine or something like that. Now, one of the things I do want to talk about, um, you ran, you ran your infamous uh, simulator for the entire season. I did not do that before this episode, which I'm sad that you did. And I didn't, but with that being said, I want to know where we're at with your early, the very first May 13th, 2022 early predictions on where we're at in this NFL season, my friend. All right, so I'll start uh, NFC. I had the Buccaneers, Rams, Cowboys, and much to my horror, Vikings winning the divisions. This is what happens when you just, I, the way I, I, what I love about the simulator is it pulls up the actual schedule and it just asks you to choose every game week by week. And then I see what the full Spicy. records are at the end. And I was like, I hate my, I hate myself. Uh, and then wild cards. I had the Cardinals getting in as a wild card, the Eagles getting in as a wild card and the Packers getting in as a wild card. Uh, in the AFC, the division, I had the Bills, uh, Chargers, uh, Ravens and Colts winning with the Chiefs, Broncos and Patriots getting in as wild cards. Interesting. Give me that AFC's, AFC playoff teams again one more time. Yeah, so my this was my first pass just playing the games, how I feel right. about the teams now. Bills, Chargers, Ravens, Colts as the win- division winners. Chiefs, Broncos, Patriots as the wild cards. I'll tell you what. I, as of right now, again, again, I have not done like, and I knew you haven't either, because obviously there's there's a lot to still go on. Like I had thought about doing, um, Clarkson and I are going to do some episodes in the potential near future, probably fuck. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus ninety percent lean ground sirloin for four ninety nine each with a digital coupon. Then buy two get two free on twelve packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or Seven Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. We'll be real in with these. We're just kind of going over and unders for some of these teams for the season. But with that being said, I'm not confident enough to really talk about a lot of these teams because June 1st is going to, is, is mm-hmm. big, is big on the NFL schedule just because of the fact that there's going to be some cuts. There's going to be some guys that are going to transition teams. There's going to be team players that, you know, might help benefit some players. There's been a lot of guys in the past that have come in June post June 1st to a team and has really improved them to take another step to another level. You know what I mean? So Plus, me, every year you have a massive injury or two in the preseason and in the first couple of weeks that shape, the season once you see training camp and you see some of these things i was just surprised so that's why i was surprised i i basically i pull up week by week and i just pick teams game by game yeah. looking at the schedule and where we are and then i look at see at the end and i have a lot of um as you might expect from a very competitive afc 
there weren't a lot of high record, super low record. There are a lot of teams between eight and 11 wins that are all competing. Um, and part of it for me, you know, we don't know, is Watson playing 17 games? Yeah, see, that's the Browns that's have a hard schedule. If he's in there, you know, I have them 10 and seven, but I was thinking he misses at least a few in the early going. Yeah, it's going to be, see, that's the biggest detrimental thing to this entire process because if Watson plays 17 games, that team is, is, is even with the schedule, they've got pieces, man. And the addition of Amari Cooper is huge for them. That's a massive weapon, that team all the way around. But if he doesn't play 17 games, also what would be funny is I think they can't, I don't think they can start Baker Mayfield week one. Because if Baker Mayfield starts week one, what if he wins 10 games in a row? Yeah, well, and and there, there's one. San Francisco is another one. You know, we all thought at the end of last year, Jimmy G was going somewhere else. He hasn't. Now they've seemed to reverse course and talked about him staying. If he stays, he starts, I think. And then is San Francisco. I don't think San Francisco is a bad team. I think they're hovering right around the playoffs. Do you see Lance come in? Exactly. Yeah, do you, that's, do you yeah. not see Lance? I think you that's know, one Pittsburgh, team that's going to take it. Who, who wins the battle in Pittsburgh? Do we see a full season of Mariota in Atlanta? I mean, there's a few places there's that a lot feel of unsettled. Questions. Yeah, exactly. And that, and that kind of really hinders, in my opinion, and I've obviously yours as well, now we're talking about, is a lot of different things. And the thing about it is, is everybody remembers, I mean, last year we had, what is it? One, two, eight. We had eight teams, maybe even nine, if you count the Broncos at seven and 10, that were in the playoff hunt leading up to week 15. And that could be the same again this year. Everybody that I don't, I, I really don't see a 12. I don't know if we see a 12 win team in the AFC this year. I think that's going to be, I think if you do, it's going to be like, you know, onesie twosies, but I think a lot of teams, like you said, are going to be with that eight to 11 window and we're going to see a lot of competitive games down the stretch which is going to be a lot of fun and i think you have some bad teams like the jets and houston who could really play spoiler down the stretch right you know what i mean i really do feel like you you can see that and on the flip side the nfc man i let's just let's just go ahead and say this right here all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot before we transition into the movie corner real quick you had you had the seven teams in the playoffs last year fox right in the afc you have the Titans, the Chiefs, the Bills, the Bengals, the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Steelers. Which of those teams make it back to the playoffs this year, in your opinion? Or don't make it back to the playoffs. Sorry, don't make it back to the playoffs this year. Yeah, so I this, I think the Steelers for sure miss. I think it's a little bit of a transitional year. Now, that's Mike Tomlin. If they finish 8-9, and nine, it's going to be revolutionary because he's never had a losing season i don't think they're going to be terrible but i i think they barely got in last year um i think there's a there's a chance the Bengals miss it's a tough division they you know they had a fantastic run in the playoffs but we have to we can't forget they were 10 and 7 it's not like they lit the world on fire during the regular season there's a lot of parody if baltimore's a little bit better if cleveland's a little bit better the you know some of those swing the other way uh, and they have a tough schedule now because they're they're playing kind of that uh first place schedule instead of playing a last place schedule and i don't think the titans 
make it. I think the Titans played, you know, what they were fantastic last year with what they had to deal with and and the wins that they got and ending up finishing as a top seed. They have had a couple of really good years in a run getting in there. I think they just miss, and I think they look at moving on from Tannehill uh, and going in a different direction, which I think is part of the reason that they let go of A.J. Brown and went to trail on Burks. I think Burks is still going to be a good prospect, still going to be a good receiver, but now you have a rookie receiver. You have Robert Woods coming off of an ACL tear and Derrick Henry trying to bounce back from his injuries. I still don't love the Titans defense, which I think has been sort of a liability the last couple of years. I'm not entirely sure what they're doing. And I think, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they win nine or 10 games, but the AFC is freaking loaded. So those are three uh, and the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders will get back. So I actually think AFC turns over quite a bit because you saw some traditional powerhouse teams that had better rosters than finishes Last year, like, I think Buffalo makes it back. I think Kansas City makes it back. Those might be the only two playoff teams. I think there's a chance the Patriots make it back. But So the the only two teams I'm confident make it back to the playoffs is Kansas City and Buffalo. Yeah. Like the only ones, which is the same thing you said. For me, I don't – I think the Ravens win the division. I think the Ravens do win their division. I think they win it – I think they win it – relatively possibly easy i i I don't mean to say it like that but i I really do like i really think that this team is built to just like if people forget how good they were they really do people forget how good this team was um you know last year uh before all the injuries and stuff like that so i'm with you on that because honestly the biggest question mark for me i think the chargers make the playoffs I, i think they're in the playoffs this year I think they're built. There's no way they're built not to be in the playoffs. And then I think the Broncos play a wild card there too. On the flip side of it, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Rams, Cardinals, 49ers, Eagles. The one that stands out to me the first is the 49ers. I just don't see their, I don't, I don't think they're going to win. There's no way they win 10 games this year. I just don't see it. I don't care who's starting at quarterback right now. Um, I think that team 1000% overachieved. Um, and I, I still can't believe they made it to the title game. That still blows my mind to this day that they were capable of making it that far. But I, I uh, Packers, it wouldn't surprise me to make it back. Um, Tampa Bay is going to make it back. That division's terrible. Yeah. Um, Dallas, I like to make it back. Los Angeles, the Rams, I think, will probably be the best team in the football this year, uh, uh, record wise. And I, to be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me to see Philadelphia make it to the playoffs. Um, but too much talent. They've Arizona. They've gone in. If the Eagles don't make the playoffs, they'll be drafting the quarterback next year. Yeah. Um, but to be honest with you, the NFC sucks. I'm sorry to say it like well, that. And it's- that's why the parody. So, you know, when you're talking about the AFC with it being so loaded, uh, easily I see four of seven teams that I think probably won't return. And the NFC, my first pass showed six of the seven returning. I have the 49ers out too. I just, I think the 49ers seem like they usually chase a good year with a down year, Um, you know, alternating around. And I think they're kind of in a, in a weird spot. I think they had some better luck last year, but Philadelphia and Arizona are probably the two bubble teams for me. Dallas, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, 
and the Rams barring some kind of catastrophic injury, probably to a quarterback should be fine. Green Bay, I think it's going to be more of a struggle than it's been. They, they've won 39 games the last three years. I don't think they win 13 again this year. I don't think you do it. You, there's only so many times you can erode your receiving core and just think Aaron Jones is going to – or Aaron Rodgers is going to pull it over. I think Aaron Jones might be in for like a Le'Veon Bill Pittsburgh type year, being possibly their marquee receiver and their running back. Um, just because it's going to take time. I, I didn't hate the Christian Watson pick. Romeo Dubs could be something. They pulled in Sammy Watkins, Alan Lazard. They still have Amari Rogers, Randall Cobb. Those are all, all fine, but none of that is Devontae Adams. You're not going to replace that. And I think that's going to be enough, especially when you get to some of these games where I think Detroit got better. I think Minnesota is still a decent team. They're the ones that they had a late season fade or they probably would have been in the playoffs. I think they actually can get into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, uh, they're, they're an interesting team. You know what I mean? Again, I think, again, I, I still think that Kirk Cousins gets way more hate than he deserves. I, I always say that. And it's, it's not that I think he's a great quarterback and I don't think he's a guy that can, can get them over the top. He can't win a Super Bowl, right? But only one quarterback a year gets to win a Super Bowl. I mean, like that's just at the end of the day. And you look at the parity over the last 20 years of the NFL – I think like the same seven quarterbacks won the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? So it's not like it's 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 capable of, of doing that. Sure, he chokes on the big game sometimes, but it is what it is. At the end of the day, I am a, I am a, a Kirk Cousins fan, and I know I'm, I'm on an episode here where I'm defending Cousins, Wentz, and and I'm just I'm ready. I think I'm ready for this episode to be over before everybody stops listening to this podcast ever again. And now so. you're going to defend Firestar. Uh, I haven't seen that absolutely abysmal film yet. And I'm sorry that anybody that has. Um, That's how I chose to start my day. So I knew Friday the 13th was already going to be a challenge. Might as well just roll. Right, you might as well just roll the punches, right? A uh, Stephen King movie starring Zac Efron right out of the gate. The thing about it is, what's crazy is, I'm a, I'm a, I like Zac Efron. Um, I, I like what he, uh, some of the stuff he does. Um. I don't he's better in comedies exactly Um, i mean i love neighbors and uh both neighbors movie i really enjoyed he was good in baywatch i'll defend baywatch until i'm until i'm dead because i love that movie and i don't care what anybody says about that movie um but yeah it's just i don't nothing nothing about that movie nothing about that movie looks redeemingly good but i'm gonna watch it tonight and i can't wait to share my thoughts with you well you you already got mine this morning um even though it was early i was able to come up with what i think is a pretty decent line that after watching Firestarter, the only thing that was burning for me was my desire for the film to end i uh it's incredible and it's only 94 minutes (laughs) with credit yeah it's not good uh speaking of one that um we had mixed reactions you and i both uh have seen Doctor Strange since we didn't really talk about it last week because we just did that mock draft episode. You were not a big fan. Uh, not a fan at all, um, to be honest with you. I I still every day I think about that movie. I just don't like it. Any, I don't like it. I like it less. And it's just not a good movie. And it's there's certain pieces that I really like. There's certain pieces that I enjoyed. But ultimately, I just didn't care. Like, I just, it's, 
I wasn't a big fan of Moon Knight. I haven't been a big fan of Falcon oh, in the man. winter or whatever. Like Moon Knight. I, I just Almighty. I'm not. I'm sorry that I'm not here, guys. I'm not. I'm. I have not been enamored with Phase Four a whole lot. And and to me, it's it's just, hit or miss. Shang Chi was a. a little I lot. love Shang Chi. Spider Man was really good. But you know, you and I, I think, enjoyed the craft of Eternals and the scope and what they were I trying the to do. Um, Doctor Strange. Two of the series that it really drew heavily from loki um and what if loki i thought was beautifully shot but it didn't resonate as strongly emotionally with me and what if i thought was a little too weird i know you didn't finish that one because the animated they touched on some of the things in that there i i enjoyed some of the fan servicey things but the more i have thought about i was very disappointed with the arc for one of the primary lead characters and it makes me think about one of the series that that character headlined that I enjoyed a lot differently because I didn't come away from that show being in the same place that you're supposed to be when you start this movie I realized and I'm kind of curious I've sat with it too and I've thought about it I a friend of mine really wants to see it so I'm going again tomorrow and I'm going to be curious to see if I re- rate it and drop it after seeing it a second time because there were moments I really enjoyed and there were some fun things that I enjoyed but after I, that initial like wave of excitement passed I'm kind of almost in the place where you were where now I'm bothered by a few things yeah it's not it's not that good and it bothers me because like I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm just not a fan. Didn't love it. Um, speaking of another movie I didn't love, Senior Year. Um, I've seen this is my big problem recently with comedies on Netflix. They're not, not comedies. Every, well, that's part of the problem. There's some funny jokes in the movie. Okay, <laughs> but my problem with my problem with comedy movies these days is every one of them has to have a message. Not every movie needs to be a dramedy, right? I want you to go like senior year. If it's a full blown comedy, let it be a full blown comedy. I'm sure, sir, you want to have a little bit of a, you know, sir, you want to have a little bit of a message in there. The one that I think of, oh my God, what is it? Life after party or the afterlife? Oh, party? life. At, yeah, the afterlife party. The afterlife party. That was really good. They did a good job of blending comedy with drama within it, but not every film is good at doing it because senior year is trying to be super funny and super whatever and then it's also supposed to be like semi-serious and semi like something and it really just it killed me so i'm a, i'm halfway through um and then my wife wanted to take a nap and i was like well, i'll finish with you later i'll be surprised if it gets more than two stars um it has a weird rebel wilson energy too uh she's i'm sorry i like sam richardson but it didn't feel in the what i had watched so far like they were using him well it didn't feel like it was that concrete of an idea i think you're right some people are great in like kind of niche supporting roles i've seen her in the lead a few times my wife really likes her and has liked some of the movies that she's been out in front of um but even she seemed like it was like this one's a little weird but we've we've been on kind of a downer if you are looking 
uh, pick me up is the wrong word, but something great. I know your film of the year is finally available to people. Yeah, the thing about it is, okay, so when I watched this movie for the first time, I was blown away by it. I watched it again within 24 hours. This, this is the film that came out at the same time as Mass, same time as Coda, same time as Summer of Soul. Um, there's a lot of different dynamics. And the thing about it is, is it's not going to be an easy watch for some people. It's going to be very triggering because it does touch on suicide. It does touch on uh, mental health. And it does, it, it's, it's not going to be for everyone. I'm talking about on the count of three. It starts Christopher Abbott and Jared, uh, Jared, uh, Gerard Carmichael. It's, uh, it's Carmichael's directorial debut, which I thought he did a, a fantastic job. And, and the thing about it is, is I believe your reaction to it is going to be some people's reaction to it. And I understand it. I think it, it's a mess. The movie's a mess, but I think it's a mess for uh, a lot, a multitude of reasons in a good way, in my opinion. I do think that I, I adore what Ari Catcher, um, I'm trying to find it, Ryan Welsh script. I love the script so much. I can't wait to read the script because I would love to see the dialogue of what that is versus what they kind of did with it type of thing. You know, a lot of what jumped off the paper. And I do think that Christopher Abbott and, and Carmichael himself gave great performances in the film. It just resonated with me a lot um, on so many different levels on a personal level and any film. And I know we've talked about this before. Like if a film resonates with you, not just because it's a good film, but it re resonates with you on a personal level, it, it really opens the doors to liking the film even more than, you know, maybe you typically would. Um, I think it's full on brilliant. I think that the film, the script is brilliant. I think that the movies, I, I love everything about it. Um, there's a scene in the movie that I've never, I've played it a couple times in my head. It's like, it's just, it hurts to be ignored. And I've played with that moment in my head so many times since I've seen that moment, since I've seen that movie, I had it saved in my phone for so long because I've waited for this moment for like 18 months almost for this movie to finally come out. And it's just, it's just something that I, like I said, it's just a culmination of, of years of just, of not being listened to and struggling. And you can see when Kevin is struggling that he's struggling personally and, and he doesn't know how to act. He doesn't know how to react. And then of course, on the flip side of it, he has a friend who joins him in this pack of killing each other, which again, that's where it kind of goes to the tone of it being, you know, not for everybody. Val and Ken, Kevin agree to kill, his, kill each other at the, at the end of the day. And like I said, I, I don't believe it's gonna resonate with everybody and that's understandable, but the movie's so personal for me and it's so hard not to connect to so many different layers of it. I wrote a review on it. Um, you can check out my full review of it on Ready, Steady, Cut um yeah i don't know it just it hit me hard and i love it and i and i bought it i bought it literally the, i woke up at five o'clock this morning and went to itunes and spent 12.99 didn't even question it and bought it right away so i know you didn't love it but the thing about it is is it's one of those movies where it's like i can't sit here and say you didn't love it you don't like film it's not one of those things for me it's a personal film for me well there and yeah there's there's a lot of things that you're you're touching on that um, I didn't. I thought Christopher Abbott was uh, very good in the film, and I was moved by a lot of his arc. Um, I think my struggle that that differentiates from you is I wasn't as taken with the overall story because I 
actually seriously disliked Carmichael's character. Makes sense. I could, and that's and a, I, could... I don't, you know, you call him a friend. I actually wouldn't call him a friend based on the arc. And then so that actually made the ending hit probably very different for me um, because you have a very beautiful choice made where you have kind of a wide shot in silence after a very tense moment and then you have kind of like an epilogue that has no dialogue that's visual with some beautiful music and depending upon how you feel about that person probably impacts how you felt about that ending I do and that might be where you and I split a little bit in listening to because and the performances are very good. I think some of the uh, black comedy jokes in there, particularly an early exchange when they're talking about Papa Roach. You know, that made me laugh. You can't listen to a song yeah, about can't, suicide and you like, kill yourself. <laughs> he's like, on my last day, I'm not listening to fucking Papa Roach. I'm like, I feel that every piece of that, you know, that was, that was good. And there are moments that one you're talking about, you know, not, not being seen. Um, there's a moment with Christopher Abbott and a um, person that was essentially his tormentor in high school, seeing him and a moment later when he's comes across that person that I, I thought both times were very powerful. And it's a very important subject. I, I 100% with you that it's probably something that doesn't get talked about mental Especially health, on the, men's the, side the of weight of abuse uh, and what that can do. Exactly. There were a couple of pieces I didn't think were totally fleshed out for me, but it's, it's the dynamic of the two characters and the arc. And I think how you feel about that probably is the impact. Um, I because can see that. as a film, it's, it's well done. I can see that. And I, and that's where you, I, I can understand where your disconnect comes from now after talking to you about it and, and not connecting with Gerard's character. Parts of me wish they would have ended the movie when you hear that sound and I'm not going to spoil it, but mm -hmm. you know, not spoil what happens because honestly, you know, what's supposed to happen. Um, I think if they end it there, I, I think it was trying to be somewhat redemptive of of the finish of the story which i appreciated it again i it's again it's just even down to that moment it's personal for me like it's it's so personal for me it's like i haven't felt this personal towards a film since honey boy like mm. i thought honey boy was one of the best made movies of 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 2019 i think it was and and it was just because again it's when a movie it's it's not often a movie can resonate with you to the to the amount of weight that it gave me that this one did and i think that's where it stands tall so um, i'm I mean, i'm interested to see what other people think about and it that's where there. you know the, the emotional that was me with coda last year and that's where sometimes you know your personal i know you didn't enjoy it as much <laughs> I, but it's, it's not that i hate it kind of from the did moment you like Cha -Cha, by the way it, it was i gave it three and a half it was fine yeah, see, it's fine. That's going to be everybody's pushing Chacha's code as the brand new code code of this year. And I, just I mean, it's fine. It had it. Um, I liked Dakota Johnson. Um, I love Dakota Johnson. That's beside that was one that that took some 
some some story turns. It, it was fine, but sometimes there's a movie that, you know, for me, it's if you pull tears, you probably have earned yourself at least an extra star. Oh, that's why, like I said, the personal aspect and the fact that mm. it that that's why that's why honestly I gave it five stars. I, I don't. And that's where it comes down to, like, I don't know, like, I, if you tell, if you ask me, like, is it a bona fide, it's a, it's a personal masterpiece for me. And that's to me, it's like, I don't know if Honey Boy is a masterpiece when it comes all the way around, but I gave it five stars because it's like a personal masterpiece. You know what I mean? Like, to me, it's, it's something that resonated with me, brought it, there's moments of On the Count of Three that still bring me to tears, just thinking about it. And it's just, it reached me on that personal level, but Next week, there's a barn burner of a lot of films coming out that I'm so excited for. Um, we have the film called- I'll tell you what, though, your your love of that movie just uh, had me go back and edit my score. It just, it's, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just personal. It is, and it's crazy. And I, I try- It should be seen. Uh, that's all I'm yes. going to say. It should be yes. seen. It should spark a conversation. No matter how you end up feeling about the story- it's one that should be seen next week uh, a couple movies come out um men comes out in theaters i know it's going to be kind of limited i'm seeing that monday it'll be interesting to see how i feel about that one the reviews have been kind of tempted with that one um the valet drops on hulu which i can't talk about enough because i really adored that movie but i can't say much else about it because i'll get in trouble um i really enjoyed that um let's see here um the biggest thing if you were to ask my wife and also me because i like it is uh, the second Downton Abbey feature film opens next week. I'm pretty hyped for that. I, I love the, the show. <laughs> I skipped the screener for this. Send it. Oh, I know I didn't. I, I it was a per, in-person screening. Oh, um, yeah. No, I skipped it because well, I had something else that going to. I probably would. I was going to approach that because I got a Bob Berger screening. I was going to approach that the same way as with Bob Burgers. I was going to go to it and not know a single thing about what is going on in the movie and just go see it and enjoy it and pretend like I knew what was going on. But uh, I didn't do that. So, and then of course the week after, I'll, I will say this prehistoric planets coming on Apple TV. I watched that entire series already. I actually kind of enjoy it. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about that either, but I enjoy that. Don't tell on me nobody. Okay. And then a week after that, you got emergency, which I thought is a very well-made film coming out of Sundance film festival going to be on Amazon prime. We'll talk about more of these movies next over the next couple of weeks, but also of course, top gun Two. I rewatched top gun last night. I think it's a, it's a fine movie. It's good. It's got a hell of a soundtrack. But I really wish it makes I some choices. Theaters. It's quintessential 80s. Yeah. I have to be honest in a couple of uh, it's not next week, but the week after when uh, Maverick comes out, uh, I did binge watch on Tom Cruise's movies from the 80s. And while Top Gun is the one that people seem to remember, you know, color of hell money, of color, of money. Color, color of money, of money is good, but he's one of my hell of a run in the 80s. His first yeah. movie taps. Yeah. Color yep. of money's in there. Born on the 4th of July, his first yep. Academy Award nomination in there color I mean, of money should have been his first paul newman won an oscar for that people think about tom cruise as being kind of like the pretty boy actor because top gun comes top of the mind but if you look at his filmography there are a few people that took as many diverse risks as early in their career as he did it's crazy how he hasn't aged a single fucking bit either whenever you look at him he and tom movie. brady have just been <laughs> drinking the blood of young children. also my man should have won an oscar for jerry Maguire. i don't care what anybody has to say about that either um, Jer- Tom Cruise should have at least two Oscars by now, at least. And I can't even think Magnolia. of all the 
Um, and he should be nominated for at least one of those performances in Mission Impossible, which I think is one of the greatest action franchise sequences of all time. I plan on rewatching them all ahead of the release of the new one, but I, I bought them on digital. Well, but then it got pushed to next year. It so I plan, yeah. So I plan on you know watching them leading up to it. So you and I should do a series. I will. I'm watching down. the Mission Impossible because I own 100%. them all on digital as well. Hundred percent in. Hundred percent in. I bought them all digitally at the same time. Hundred percent in. We'll like do like an eight week. We- uh run of it before the new one comes out um folks do us a favor if you've made it this far we appreciate you honestly because you know fox and i get on tangents but it's it's just our love for film and a love for football film and football actually if you look every actually if you listen to the three of us if you know the three of us we live on the four f's family faith football and film so with that being said thank you guys so much for the continued support of this show and we'll talk to you guys probably more than likely in the near future Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.